listening to the Guys Who Do Stuff podcast. Get unstuck, tell a better story, and have a good answer to the question, what are you doing today? Do this stuff. This is great. It's a good guy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Guys Who Do Stuff. Josh is out traveling this week. So in this studio or in the basement is just me and Mr. Stephen Han. I'm so glad you decided to come on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you, Joe. I'm looking forward to it. So Stephen is the executive director of the Triangle Area in North Carolina for BNI, which is a networking group. Yes, it's a networking organization, actually. So the I stands for international. We're in over 80 countries right now. Right. What got you hooked on uh, networking? Well, you know, I've always been a collaborative person all my life. So uh, sometimes people, I'll tell my story about my early days, nothing that happens nowadays, but in those days when I was younger, kids had paper outs. And my paper, the way the newspaper did it is they would sell the newspapers to a kid. So I would pay eight cents a paper. And I would sell them for 10 cents a piece. Now, not like you see in the movies where they're hawking them in the street, but it was a route, like a neighborhood route. And I might have 35 or 40 papers I'd deliver. And our newspaper came out uh, every afternoon, right after school, I'd be delivering the papers. And then on Sunday mornings, it came out at 3.30 in the morning, Mm -hmm. which was no big deal to me. But the kid in the route next door hated that morning one. And so he's paying 20 cents a paper and selling for 25 and everybody's upset. It was chaos. So I said, I'll tell you what, let's split it. You do my route Monday through Saturday and I'll do both on Sunday. And that's what we did. And the next kid over said, well, I want some of that too. And so, so, <laughs> so I'm working one day a week right. and everybody else is working six days a week and we're essentially splitting it. So I, I loved it. It was really, really good, but I, I, I got more than I could handle. So I had to hire my friends to work with me. That's so great. Collaborative. You're yeah. So, like a little paper enterprise. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, the kids that were willing to get up at four o'clock in the morning and uh, deliver papers and we, you know, we, we gave good customer service. We knew, you know, which one not to open the door, that kind of stuff. But, yeah. But, um, uh, that was the process. And so in order to pay them, what I would do is I'd take them all to breakfast afterwards. So here's this little, but by then I was about 10 or 11, mm-hmm. uh, buying breakfast for six or seven kids. And, you know, my mom was a waitress. She taught me how to tip. So I've always been collaborative. I've always yeah. been working in the, uh, with people and, and, and making things happen that way. So, uh, so B and I was very exciting when I ran into that because it is a chance to be collaborative from a business perspective. Yeah. And I like that a lot. So Josh and I have, have talked about BNI a lot because we're in the same uh, group, yeah, but I think great. it would be good if you just take a second and tell people that might not know what BNI sure. is. Odds are pretty good. There's one really near you oh, wherever yes. you're listening to. Oh, yes. <laughs> about 80 countries. So that's right. So you can find it pretty much everywhere. Just Google it, BNI, and uh, go find a chapter near you and go visit. I'd recommend bringing some business cards because you will meet people. You want to get your word out. You're not there to sell. You're there to get to know people. Um, you know, there's more business than any one of us can handle. So really be by targeting what you're looking for, it's much more effective. Yeah. But it's designed so that there's no competition inside the room. There's only one person per profession. So in whatever profession it might be. So, you know, I'm a member of a chapter. We have about 52 members at this point. They do about 50 to a hundred thousand, uh, every, every single week in business. Um, and at one point they had nine different attorneys there cause they all do different things. Right. So as a member, I didn't have to worry about, is this a, you know, traffic matter? Well, traffic is pretty easy, but if it's a, a business matter, a state, whatever, I can just get it to the attorneys and they'll route it to the right one. Right. But as uh, time goes by, there's more and more people that get really good at what they're all about. And I've got 
people that have the same profession across different chapters that work together well in addition. Simple yeah. example would be, you know, it's easy in the trades, but people don't really think about it. A uh, simple example is a carpet cleaner. So you're a carpet cleaner in Wake Forest. I'm a carpet cleaner in Durham, somebody else in Cary, somebody else in Garner. It doesn't make sense for me to send my crews to Wake Forest. I can do it because, you know, you're giving me a referral and I want to improve the relationship. But my guys don't know where to get lunch. They don't know where to get parts. They don't know this. They don't know that. You're spending too much money on yes. gas and getting there. Yes. They could instead do two houses here in town rather than one someplace they don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. And may not lead to any others. Right. So, um, so, but if I call you up and I give you the referral, now you're going to take good care of that person in Wake Forest, which is your town anyway, mm -hmm. you're in my relationship is improved and the person who needed the service is being taken care of. Yeah. Now naturally I hold you accountable to do a good job, not gouge them, you know, like, like anything. Right. right. Uh, but so as that evolved, once we got to know each other's capabilities real well, we realized that we've been turning away work that we couldn't do before because it was too big. Yeah. You get a school system. I can't do it. I don't have the crews. Now you do. You've got three other cities. We could just come out on a Wednesday night and knock it out. Right. So a lot of things can come from that. So how do you help somebody understand what you're talking about? The difference between approaching business, because I see this going to other networking groups. You can tell the people that are approaching it from a standpoint of scarcity. Right. You can see how they get like nervous if somebody <laughs> right. else in their discipline is in the room and they're like, oh, no, how's this going to go? <laughs> Versus somebody that understands that there's enough business, there's like plenty. what you're saying. Exactly. Like, uh, it's really just a matter of taking a realistic view. So, yeah. um you know, not everybody pays for somebody to clean their house, right? Not So in this neighborhood that, that I'm looking at, some do, most don't. Right. That's okay, right? Um, but if I'm a cleaning company, I'm looking for those that do, even if it's short-term to get me started, long-term is what I'm really looking for right. overall, right? Uh, one of our cleaning companies, she does 125 homes a week. And her goal is to get them all within walking distance. Wow. So she gets somebody that's two miles down the road. Now she's got it because she's still building her business. But as soon as she can, she wants to return that over to another cleaning company mm. because it interferes with her model. She's really yeah. wanted to have her employees, which is the hardest part for that business. Her employees have been with her 10 years plus. Yeah. Uh, she takes care of her people. She sends them on trips to different countries. Her goal, one of her goals is to make sure her kids uh, visit as many countries as their age. Yeah. One of the things that I was challenged with when I was starting up, so I just... Went out on my own about four months ago mm -hmm. doing um, relevant media solutions, which is I help yes. people grow their business with websites yes. um, that are useful and work for them. And and when I first built the website, I put in everything I could do and it was just so scattered in it. And when I looked at it, it kind of just looked like a guy who didn't understand that there was not enough. It was desperate. <laughs> yes. like, I'll do anything. I'll That's do right. absolutely anything. And um, the person on the other side, yeah, they'll do it, but not well. So. Yeah. Instead of focused. And <laughs> right. I think one of the things that was challenging to me, and I forget exactly where I learned it, but it was the idea that just like when you're trying to ship a new product, you want to get to your minimum viable product so that yes. you can ship it. There's an approach and I forget exactly what it's called, but it was something along the lines of like, what's your What's your minimum amount of valuable clients? Yes. And how do you focus on those? Right. Who can you serve really well and do what you want to do with those people without kind of operating? Like we're saying with this, like, I got it. I got to compete with everybody. No, you don't. Like there is, right. there is a client base that is the people that want to work with you because they trust you. And there's amount of work that you can handle. And then you're going to have to have people that you can pass it out to. Right. If you get past a certain point. How many new clients do you want in the next 90 days? 
that you give the level of customer service they deliver, right. they, they desire. They so you're asking me? Yes. I want six, six in the next 90 days. So how many people need new websites? Yeah, more, than, more six. than six. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so, so the more you can focus in one area, right? Uh, senior centers, uh, nail spas, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. the more effective you can be in that area. Yeah. And I find as a, as a service provider, the more I do the same work over and over again, my clients get yes. the benefit of my collective learnings. Yes. And so if I learn something that's effective for client one, of course, I'm going to put that on client two's website. Of course. As soon as I figure out that it's gaining traction. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. And and you're going to get more people will be identify you as, oh, he's the go-to guy for this. And, he, and there are other people that work with your clients that don't compete as well. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I loved working with payroll people because we didn't compete and we could work together really well. Right. So if I'm in the place and they don't need my service today, they don't perceive they need it. They need it. I know they, that's why I'm there. They need it, but they right. don't perceive it. Right. Uh, but they do have a problem with payroll. I can plug my friend in, yeah. which moves the relationship forward. So the more you focus, the more effective it's going to be. So what do you say to somebody? Cause I hear, I hear a couple of things every once in a while. I hear like somebody a little bit hesitant that they should go to networking meetings. Mm-hmm. Like they don't know if they have any value. Mm-hmm. And then specifically, this isn't like a sales call for BNI. However, I enjoy it. And I feel like I got my money out of it quickly good. and I'm developing good relationships. And so for me, I'm a fan, oh, but, um, and I agree with you, like you should go visit one at least just Absolutely. try it out see if it gels with you. But, um, the other thing I often hear is there's a, there's two things that are maybe true in both cases or maybe <laughs> exaggerations <laughs> in both cases that I hear about BNI. It's that one that costs money. Yeah, it does. And, yeah. uh, and so therefore it, it's kind of put in the light by the people that are a little offended by that, yeah. that it's like, oh, it's the one that costs money when there's right. a perfectly good free one here. Right. And then it, you hear from people that are often in BNI and like, it's like, of course it costs money. That's why it's good. Exactly. There's got a bit of accountability <laughs> to it. That's um, exactly right. So when somebody says, I don't know if there's any value in, in going to networking meetings, uh, what would you say to that person? Uh, well, you know, again, it's, it's, you've got to be in your comfort zone is, is a big thing. So right. you might need to build some skill set to really leverage it. But, uh, the bottom line is we'll talk about that, the money side. So, um, birds can't fly without gravity. Gravity may be a pain in the neck, but it's really what lets them fly. Hmm. Uh, with the fee, you're committed. With the fee, you're committed not only to your own success, but everybody else's success. So my personal goal is every single person should be in profit before we cash the check. If you think about the cycle, you go visit a chapter. Yeah, I don't know. might be worthwhile. You come back a second time. Yeah. yeah. Now I start to see it. The third time is when you actually bring your application. Oh, you visit the fourth time while they're still thinking about you and interview. The fifth time they approve you. The sixth time we go ahead and process your check. So right. in that time, you should have made $600. That's our goal. Then you're in profit at that point, right? Now, if you're selling, if you're a commercial realtor, six weeks is kind of fast. So it's not for everybody. And if you're Mary Kay, that's a lot of lipstick in a short amount of time. But the bottom line is we yeah. really want people to have success as quickly as possible. And then you can do it over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys, website guy like you, um, high-end websites, and he was in a BNI chapter that was mostly tradespeople. So not technical. We tend to like to put somebody like you in a chapter that's a little more B2B technical, but he wound up in that chapter and it was a good group. Um, but he found that his typical selling cycle was three months. Right. It took three months to meet with you and tap dance a little bit, show you some prototypes, get you comfortable and you become a client. Right. Mm -hmm. But over time, he educated the other people in his chapter. And I said, most of them were tradespeople. So that when somebody came to him on a Wednesday, they already knew what he did. They knew what his price range was. They knew what he was capable of. They'd seen his, you know what I mean? 
it was pretty much a one and done sale for him. So he cut three months out of the sales cycle. Yeah. To me, that's worth the price of admission right there. I but he obviously had to build his skill set for that. Yeah. I think one of the components that makes BNI something that I find valuable is that it's just the way that it works is just a principle that works. Yes. Like you, when you get to know somebody well, everybody wants to have a guy or, right. or a girl. Yes. Like, uh, I know that you're hearing somebody talk, I've got a problem. You might not be able to solve it, but everybody likes to say, oh, I know who you should call. Yes. I like- And really know. And really know. Yes. And I think what makes networking work in groups like BNI that have kind of leveraged this principle is you meet regularly with these people. They become real relationships, real friends. Yes. And then I often think people might get confused and think, well, what if they don't do a good job? But in relationship, what happens if you don't do a good job? You make it right. Yes. You stand behind it. You stand behind That's it. That's right. And so the the accountability that comes with knowing somebody, like if I were to recommend somebody my BNI and then heard from my friend who used them that they didn't do good, I'm just going to call my friend from BNI and say, yes. hey, they, they have a perception that you didn't do good. And I don't think you, you did the level of work that I know you can do. Like, I, I need you exactly. to step up. Exactly. And then fix it. And That's then right. And move on. But there's a lot of fear around that, but I just don't know how often that happens. It, it doesn't. I mean, it's the thing just, just yesterday I was following up on uh, emails or so from uh, referrals I gave. So uh, one kind of out of the blue, somebody in Florida was having a problem with a security company. Um, the guy who started the security company, now he's more of a motivational speaker, but he's got a pretty good business running in 12 uh, 12 states and his people weren't giving this woman good service. Right. And she tried everything through the main channels without success. So she reached out to me. I reached out to him the next day they were in, in contact. So I like to follow up. I don't just wait to hear from it. I follow right. up. And another was a, a person who needed a little electrical job, not a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, and so I followed up with somebody else in a chapter. She said, man, we're three weeks out. If he wants to wait, that's fine. He didn't want to get something else. I said, no problem. Let her go and pick the next electrician in line. And I got busy. He got busy. I like to follow up every week, mm -hmm. but I had my schedule was crazy over the past three weeks with a BNI conference and things like that. So it took about two and a half weeks before I got the chance to follow up with him. And he said, man, I just lost that, but I'm very interested in talking to him. So by following up, I put them in contact again. So right. not everything goes perfectly. But I just make it my business to follow. If I refer you to Joe, not Joe to Joe, that would be weird. If I refer you to James, <laughs> uh, I'm going to make sure that it happens. That yeah. James, I talk to James and I talk to you. Yeah. I think it's just people want to do business with people. Yes. We don't really want to do business with organizations. Yes. We can be fans of organizations, but we want to do business with people. Absolutely. People that we know, people that we like. Yes. I, I am guilty of being in like the cult of Mac, like whatever they make, I'm going to, I'm going to buy. <laughs> and, uh, all my PC friends will point out every once in a while. And they're probably right that, that PCs outperform for less money, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but for whatever reason, I'm a fan of Mac right. and I know it's because it works for me and I like the design. But when you think about what makes a company like Mac great, you got to keep in context that they're a good company because they got good people. Yes. I like the design of their products because John Ivy's a great designer. Yes. And if they lost those people, they would cease to be Mac. And we've seen it kind of throughout their company's history. Of course. When Jobs steps away, a new guy comes in <laughs> and there's like a, a failed product, et cetera. And right. I think people often forget that what makes organizations great are people. Absolutely. And the people that they employ and the, the way that they stand by what they believe in, which is their products. Uh, one thing I appreciate about BNI is I love the the data that comes out because yes. I think it's such a big organization. They can collect 
huge amounts of data and distill it into, man, here's what we've learned. One of the things that uh, my chapter's president, Scotty, shared with us once was the number about how um, if your BNI can grow to what BNI says is this membership level of 35 and each member in the group does four one-on-ones, which is just meeting up with somebody, grabbing coffee, talking about how you could work together, helping them understand what you do, understanding what they do so you can be good referral partners, um, which is, you know, uh, if I were to have lunch with somebody and I don't understand much about their product, they can help train me to what I need to know to listen to, to listen for when somebody in my life is looking yes. for their problem that they can actually solve. Uh so four one-on-ones a month and invite a visitor. So those numbers, yes. 35 members, four one-on-ones, one visitor a month. And if that is the ratio, what BNI says is that in that chapter, there will be $40,000 of business per year per member. Yes. And that that is actually profit. That's profit. So that's our data from looking for years and years and years when I... Oh, uh, so that's not net. That's, that's, that's profit. profit. That's pure profit. That's, yeah. that's, that's if I uh, get the commission, it's my commission. Right. Right. So if I do some construction, it's after my expenses. So it's profit. Yeah. Now we have moved to the, I, I looked at that when I started getting our region talking about numbers, I really wanted to be apples to apples. I bought, you know, I bought, I bought. So I went right. to profit. The BNI's regional international numbers are more revenue and they've got some structures for that, which is real valuable. Uh, and we are now at that, but those were the days of the, those are numbers for profit. Um, what oh, I didn't also, realize that. I yeah, thought that was revenue. That's no, a lot more impressive. Profit. That it's it is. Profit. It's profit. So, <laughs> so it might be 15, you know, six times that depending on your, if you're 15% or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's pure profit. And that's, that is what it's all about. That's why I say we want you in profit before we cash the check. Doesn't always happen, but that's what we're looking for. So my, my mantra is I want you to make more money you can spend. Yeah. Hopefully you spend a lot. Hopefully your wife spends a lot. Right. So it is a way to make it. You want to keep driving that revenue for it. So sure. Uh, when I was, you looked at systems, when I joined BNI, I had a, uh, a service I offered. And when somebody became a client, I found six places I could refer business to somebody in my chapter. And I just did it every time. So um, my first thing is, where do you want that material sent? Okay. Right. And uh, is that, do you rent or you own? If you owned, I moved on. But if you rented, now I get a chance to help my mortgage broker. Do you always want to? Sure. If you say, yeah, we move around all the time. I move on. I'm not going to convince you Ownership, it's not my place, right? It's not our relationship. Right. But if you rented, I could refer you to my mortgage person and didn't want to, I could refer you to the mortgage person. They could then find out that you have the down payment or you don't, you have the credit or you don't, and they can solve something at that point. Well, I look at that as a four-point matrix, four different possibilities. Have the down payment and don't, have the credit and don't, four options. And sure. I just made sure that I was there to open the door when you came through it. Oh, yeah. credit's not good. I can help you in this way. Looking for a down payment, you need this. And, and I could line that up. Right. So um, so it, it really worked very, very well. So the more business I could send to the mortgage person, the more business came to me as well. Yeah. But the person who benefited was that person that got their house that could never get it before. So uh, so I, I found six places like that. And it just had took practice. One of my guys does um, asbestos abatement. And it took us uh, about six weeks, I think, to find the right statement that worked for him. Right. But it added $750,000 to the bottom line of his business 2017 when we first did it. Um, and that is, if you're in the home with somebody, like I'm in the home with you, I could look up at your ceiling. Now you don't have it, but if you had a popcorn ceiling, my question would be, hey, popcorn ceilings, do you love it? 
Yeah. If you loved it, so do I. <laughs> I'm not convincing you to take it down, right? It's, you, yeah. You're fine with it. A very small percentage of people probably love <laughs> yes, it. Yes. <laughs> no, as my guy say, nobody has to put it up. They all want to take it down. So, but, but if, if you don't love it, now I can refer business to him. Yeah. And that's a simple question. He could teach the life insurance person, the home cleaning person, anybody, the delivery person, anybody's in the house yeah. can ask that question. So that's a great tip. I yeah. mean, think about that as a business owner. What's that question that you could educate your friends yes. and family and business referrals to be like, Hey, when you hear or when you yes. see this opportunity, I remember hearing one, I think it was in a BNI story about a, about a landscaper that was looking at a specific kind of plant. And it was very similar in the question. Like, right. do you like that plant? Exactly. Um, and that just kind of opens up the door. Probably Bradford pears. They're the, they're the bane of landscape <laughs> designers. So <Yeah. laughs> they grow everywhere here, but they're not, not, not very good plant for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious, weapons of choice is a, is a category that I find very fascinating. I think with you in the, in the area of networking, there's probably a lot of tiny habits that pay big dividends over time. So if we were thinking like a math equation, small amount of effort plus time, which right. I think is the component that people often discredit. Right. Uh, exactly. Like, if time the tiny the thing doesn't thing. happen, oh, yeah. I mean, you think about it in terms of working out, like how many right. times have people like exercise and then got in the mirror and be like, Oh, doesn't look any different. Doesn't look, I'm done. it wasn't fun. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Which is unfortunately the way a lot of people work yes. out. But and I think a lot of people do that with these types of approaches to networking, small things sure. that you can be doing, investing in your business is really what sure. you're doing. So I'm curious, what are some of the the small things that you've seen pay big dividends over time? And then what are some of the small things that you've tried that you've didn't keep doing because sure. maybe they didn't pan out sure. for you. Well, one of the first things is I set my parameters. So I will spend 90 days doing whatever it may be. Okay. And I don't deviate so, from that 90 days. In 90 days, I'll know if it worked or didn't. And if it worked, how can I improve it? Right? So you approach it like a scientist. Yes. Like, so I'm very, the, much, I'm very much an engineer. Here's my at these hypothesis. Things. Exactly. I'm going to test it for 90 days. That's and right. Try and duplicate the results. Exactly. Yeah. So for 90 days, I go after market. If, if that market is good, I'll know if it's not, I don't have to look back in my mirror. Oh, if I've done this, if I, I do everything I possibly can. Okay. And so that's my first thing is my 90 day. So it'd be 90 days in a major and 90 days in a minor. So why do you, uh, I've heard a lot of talk about why 90 days is a good number. Is there any reason why you settled on 90 a days? A couple things. The first is it's four times a year. Mm -hmm. So it gives me a chance to really uh, line up with seasons or whatever it may be. Um, it's also 13 weeks, which gives me a good chance to uh, get that rhythm going, which winds up with the 90 days. So, um, so it gives me the chance to really get good at it yeah. and, uh, and apply it without, I, there's no manana. I can't say, oh, I'll get to it next week. No, I got to do it now. Yeah. Cause that 91st day is going to show up sooner than later. And so. that's, that matches with some of the, like, I've heard that a 90, creating a 90 day world is about how long people can keep yes. one thing in their attention span. Yes. And so. it's about as far as I can see with any idea in 90 days from now, I'll be someplace different Yeah, where the view might be different and I might find a better market. So um, I went actively after daycare centers because they were good market for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, what really worked out is I lined it up with uh, here in this, in North Carolina, it's a star rating Okay. Uh, so the, the state was changing the star rating. So I could go to the daycare centers and talk about that. Were they aware of that? And what I found is they did talk to each other. Daycare centers talk to each other because they had the same families. Once the kids get a little bit bigger, they go to the next daycare center. Yeah. They shared the same employees. So they really networked well without realizing they were networking. Yeah. So if I could help you, you would tell your friends about it. And that was a good process for me. But daycare centers were also small. Four employees was a lot. So two employees was common, right? So uh, daycare centers were small. 
So in my case, I wanted to get to bigger business. So many of them were expanding. So they had a lot of construction companies in there. So my next 90 days was about construction companies. Mm-hmm. Well, they were great too, but they didn't talk to each other. They'd rather run a nail gun through your tire than, than talk with you and deal with you. Right. So, right. uh, so it really wasn't as effective, but that's how you learn by doing it. So, uh, for 90 days, I walked on to used car lots one after the other. Those guys have time on their hands, love to talk. Uh, and we're also very good. Market How many cars did you buy? I didn't buy any, <laughs> but <laughs> I spent 90 days. I bought 34 cars. Yeah, it was terrible for business. Right, exactly. <laughs> but I learned a lot about the auto industry, but I knew <laughs> when somebody needed a car, I knew who to send them to based on, you know, your style. So you might be, you need to go to this person cause he's a shark. He's going to boom, boom, boom. Or you need those right. like a mom. So, um, I knew who to send you to. So, so, uh, so by focusing, that's my first thing is 90 days. I go as hard as I can. I don't leave any stone unturned. Yeah. And then I know something. If it's good, I'll do it the next 90 days. If it's not, I'll shift over and right. I learn something. And the other is once I decide what my activities are, I do them routinely. You talked about, well, maybe before, I don't know if it was on the show yet about thank you cards. I'm a big thank you right. card proponent. So, um, it really only takes about six minutes to do a thank you card, right? So I've got a reason to thank you. Um, I go back to the moment, you know, it was really exciting. It was, uh, I was very relieved, whatever it is, right. emotional touch. And then I get your address. It's not hard to do. Yeah. Um, but it really makes a big difference on the recipient side. One of the things I do every day is I uh, post in social media, a quote. And in my Facebook, I also post uh, history information. What happened at uh, some point on this day in the history. I, I see you got a lot of music. I put music out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aretha Franklin born on this date or whatever, that kind of thing. Um, so I just got a lot of little things. It takes about 15 to 20 minutes a day, but it really drives a lot of, a lot of relationships which then drive the rest of it. So right. uh, follow up, like I say, a follow up every single week. When I was in one BNI chapter and just one chapter, it was easy as a member uh, because I'm going to see you every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But now that I've got 40 chapters I'm responsible for, and I'm referring people across those chapters, I just have a calendar appointment every single Friday at nine o'clock to follow up on the referrals I've given. So today is a Tuesday. So I might refer in some case I might follow up on this Friday, most likely be next Friday. And I just plug the data inside there. I don't move it off the calendar until I know that I've connected you and James at that point to make sure it worked out well. Yeah. So all these little things just add up. Um, and that's, it's just a matter of keeping on doing it, keeping on doing it. So. So I think you said before that you network in quite a few different network environments, like six or seven a week, I think you said, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, just starting. I'm, yes. I'm basically very similar to what you were saying. Right. I said, I'm going to do days. this for an you amount of time and yes. I'm going to see what I learn. Yes. And um, I'm curious if if you're in a similar position of me, maybe, or or you're thinking, man, maybe I should try a networking thing. You yes. can go to meetup in your area. Oh. You can find a bajillion of these guys uh, that you can sign up for. Uh, the majority of them are at least free to come the first time. Of course. Um, And then a lot of them also just depending on time of day, some have food, some don't Mm -hmm. have food, but um, what kind of, I'm sure you've been to a lot of networking groups, right? What are the things that successful networkers do that unsuccessful ones don't? Okay. The first, even if it's your first time there, treat it as though you're the host. If you have people to your house, what does the host do? Uh, Well, they, uh, 
They're nice. They, they're, <laughs> they're nice. They, they smile. They're open. They arrive early. They're on time. Right. Uh, they kind of know where the restrooms are. Where Stephen the was is. a half an hour early for there this. There you go. So you guys that's know. right. <laughs> and my car's parked on the street there. That's right. Well, I live five minutes away, but I want to make sure <laughs> I got here on time. So Most people are early for the podcast, I found. <laughs> there you go. Because it's important. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So that you treat it like a host. That's the key. So right. you, you want to help people. If I can connect you to Uncle Sid, who we haven't seen in a long time. Sure. I, I do that. And that's why you want to be there early because yes. that's when other people, new people arrive early. Yes. Um, this is what I yes. worked at a church for a long time and we were <laughs> a large go. organization. And one thing that we learned is that the visitors are the ones that come on time. The church course, people are the late ones. They drift in. But right. the visitors are the ones that come on time and right. you want to do a good job taking care of this. You want your best foot forward Absolutely. when you have new people to the group. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. So that's the first, they had that mindset of help being helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, the second is I would have a target market in mind. So if my, if I'm a realtor and I've got a couple that is downsizing because their kids are, you know, in college now and, and off in their business and they love golfing or they love travel or they love pets or whatever it may be, I'd have some, I'd be looking to, how can I help them? How can I find a veterinarian or a golf pro or whatever? Yeah. How can I help them? So have that in mind. And I'll walk away. You know, I only bring 10 business cards to a networking event. Not 11, not nine. I bring 10. So I know what I've got. Right. Right. I may give out three, but those three are all incredibly valuable because I know what I'm there for. Hmm. I'm not there to pass out 70 cards and not have an idea what's going on. Yeah. After the networking event, especially with those three, but it might be others. I'm, I don't give you a business card because I know you, but I still say, Hey Joe, it was great seeing you at that uh, uh, after hours event. Hope you made some good contacts there. I just touch base with everybody. Right. People I already know it's like that. People I have just met. I'm so glad to find you on LinkedIn. I find it a valuable uh, process and I'm glad to be part of your circle of contacts or whatever phrase I use for that. Right. And then, so that's my first touch as we meet within 24 hours, I, uh, do that within seven days. I like to do a one-to-one either on the phone or better in person. Uh, so I can really understand, you know, how can right. you help these clients with the, with the dog issues or whatever. So, um, and then within a, a month, I follow up one more time. Yeah. Now the e- last one is easy for me. If we're connected on LinkedIn, since I post something every single day, it happens on a regular basis, but I will reach out to you at that point. So how's yeah. your month been? It's been a while since we've seen each other. I haven't, I thought I'd see a network in advance. I think going well. Just a little touch. Right. I think what you're, what you're talking about is so important. It's, it's the way I coach or try to coach clients. Like with, if you're a service industry and we're building you a website, people aren't buying a product from you. They're buying a process. Yes. And what you're describing is your, your approach or your process, yes. which is really your business. Yes. And if you're listening and you're like, man, I don't have anything like that. Steal Stevens until yes, you please, can modify <laughs> until you can come up with your own. But it's so important to have a process. Otherwise you're just, you're shotgun approaching and you don't get the benefit of like a, a, a learned approach. Like right. you don't get to see like the benefits over time because you didn't stick with any one strategy long right. enough to find out which one was successful for you. Yeah. Um, I'm, what about uh, elevator pitches? What do you find is like the number one no-no for elevator pitches that you've seen? And if you're not familiar with the phrase, an elevator pitch is like you had the amount of time of an elevator ride to talk to somebody about the problem that your business solves and how you can help them. 
So that's kind of what an elevator pitch is if you haven't heard. Sure. Yeah. We'll definitely uh, go over that real quickly. I want to kind of stick with the last thing on the, on the, you know, borrowing the ideas. Yeah. Um, feel free to connect with me. I can't connect on Facebook. I'm full up at that point. <laughs> um, when somebody, you know, like a Klingon ship, when somebody passes away, I can plug you in, but <laughs> it's already at 5,000, but you can still see what I'm doing out there. LinkedIn is so far wide open. So feel free to connect on LinkedIn and you'll find me that way. Yeah. Elevator pitches. There's a lot more value than people think, but at the same time, it's so easy to do it wrong. Yeah. So it's really, first thing I want to do is get a little bit of a relationship going. So that's really my main thing. I'd rather be a listener than a talker. So if I know you and what you're all about, I can find a solution that's going to help you. And then when the time is right, I can share what I have to offer, how we can work together, how we can collaborate. So the main thing is really to establish a relationship. So if I'm in an elevator, and uh, uh, you're there. It usually I can open the, the, the conversation with something about the environment. This elevator's fast. This elevator's slow. It's, you know, whatever, right? So sorry, I pushed the wrong button. Whatever. We can have a conversation like <laughs> yeah. that, right? I got a long pitch. I'm going to press all the buttons. That's right. <laughs> you're not getting anywhere, buddy. <laughs> Except the floor you're getting off. We're going to miss that one. <laughs> but um, so it's really building the relationship is the main thing. Getting that established first. Because if I can help you, you'll be more receptive mm-hmm. uh, for me. Now, that said, I may be there and you may be the person and I've only got a few seconds to catch your eye. I really should be prepared for that as well. So it really goes back to you. What is your hot button? What's keeping you up at night? In every case, when I, BNI is the only place where I had a hundred percent closing ratio in all my years of sales. BNI is the only place. And what I did there is I identified the target market, how I can help them, what their hot button was. And I just motivated you and kept my own commitment to bring somebody in that target market every single week. Yeah. So at that point, they're already there. I know what their hot button is. So if I'm in that elevator and I know what you're all about, my pitch, if you can go with that, is very important. But it's based on what your need is and how I solve it. That makes, that's exactly how I thought you would answer the question. Because I think one (laughs) of the things that you were talking about earlier is like, if it's, if it's gimmicky, if your goal is to go in and push out 70 cards, you're going to get what you're fishing for, yes. which is some pretty shallow connections yes. that, that are you're going to be lost in the other 20 cards that are in their pockets. And one or two of those could be gold, right. but you missed it. Yeah. Because your approach was off. Yes. And you weren't, uh, you weren't being present to right. help understand the problem that they were right. looking to get solved. Exactly. Um, one of the things I appreciate about, uh, B and I is that they follow a formula. Yes. And so it's, it's an expected thing yes. of what you can get out of a meeting. And um, so I was, uh, I was at a, at a mega church before this and I was over the programming team, which is basically a way of saying like the weekend experience. And I right. got to nice. learn a lot working with a lot of smart people, smarter than I, but uh, one of the things that always came to my mind when I think about this is this idea, even in the, in the church world, that the people that are on staff are often bored with the way we're doing stuff. And they're like, let's try moving the songs over here or do this or do that. <laughs> and there was always this pull, like, who are we programming for? Yes. Are you trying to program to the new people? Well, then, then you need to be consistent. That's it. Because the people that are coming week after week need to have a confidence level that when they finally and in the church world, that's a big deal to get somebody to come to church with you. Oh, that's yes. like closing a big sale. Oh, <laughs> like, yes. That's an exciting <laughs> thing. And you don't want them to come on the weekend. You're trying stuff. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, let's try. 
is there another church down the road? <laughs> yeah. There you go. They're gone. <laughs> so I think that's a, that's a huge thing, man. Just being consistent. And that's one of the things I appreciate about a great networking thing right. is that you can know what to expect yes. and you get to, you get to practice. Like yes. for me, it's a big deal to practice my elevator pitch. Love it. Um, and I get to do it every week. It's yes. different. It's like the, uh, the saying, uh, when you're practicing in your house doing your elevator pitch, I'm always real good. But when you get in front of people, it's like that saying, like <laughs> the difference between boxing and being in a real fight is right. when you get punched, like everything <laughs> exactly. changes. Like as soon as you get punched, it's like that in front of people with your <laughs> exactly. elevator pitch. It's like, Oh, there's people here now. It's a, uh, <laughs> yes. uh, I didn't laugh at that joke. <laughs> yeah. That was great. It was so funny in <laughs> my <a> mirror. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, is there anything that, uh, that you've, are there any kind of lessons that you wish you would have learned sooner when it comes mm. to networking? Oh boy, that's a, it's been a while. So I would say basically wait in, be willing to take risks and make, and, uh, you know, take chances. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're a Jeopardy watcher, but right now Jeopardy's doing, there's a guy who's doing very, very well and he's a gambler. So he always goes for the big points. Yeah. That I, pushes in. On I watched that. a news story about this. Right. Right. And so it's the same thing. So be willing to take chances. So um, in my case, the first person I met with, I would look for the two most influential people in the group, did my one-to-ones with them. And the first guy, I really was there, like I said, in the, in the, um, listening mode and helping mode and things like that. Yeah. And when I walked away, I thought, boy, that guy would have been a customer. He was interested. I didn't pull the trigger. Yeah. The second guy, I burned his hair off. So, you know, you have to learn, right? He said, Steve, you brought an application to our one-to-one. We're not, going to, so, <laughs> but you have to, so try it. Learn, I've still got relationships with both of them. So right. uh, really just wade in, swing for the fences, but again, be prepared to be knocked on your butt. It's going to happen. So yeah. uh, don't burn bridges, obviously, when you're doing that, um, you know, except the fact that I'm learning to make mistakes, but really get in and do it to your best of your ability right? with the sense of how can I help? How can I send business to Joe? Uh, the more business I sent to my mortgage broker, the more business came to me. And the person who benefited were those customers because they got more services than just what I offered. Right. So, You were talking earlier about the importance of, of collaborating. Yes. And um, one of the things that's been brought to my mind again, when I think about collaboration, I was working on a large team. Now I'm in a startup mode, I'm building a company, uh, you're in my basement, which is also my office. And uh, so a lot of days I will just not leave this room. Sure. And uh, so I miss that collaborative nature. And um, one of the things that my wife pointed out to me is like, you seem to be a lot happier and enjoy your new job better when you're out meeting and talking right. to people. Right. And um, it feels like to me, it's one of those things where networking, I think I'm pretty introverted. Like Mm -hmm. if you put me in a party, I'd rather find the three people that I know and hang out with them. Gotcha. But I understand that I, it's not an excuse. It's something that I need to get better at. And often you, you meet new people, you find it, even though you're stepping out of your shell and doing things that as an introvert, you normally wouldn't do. I don't feel like I'm faking it. I just feel like I have to pay attention and uh, do the things that I know I need to do. And, um, is there any thing that's going on in the triangle right now that you feel like would be a good thing for people to know about? Hmm. Uh, well, it's hard to say. I mean, we got a lot of big companies coming in, a lot of construction going on. Yeah. So there's a lot of different areas for that. I really think with, uh, with the collaboration side, the people that realize there's more business they can handle and they can be more effective farming it out, referring it out. I was with a financial planner yesterday at his house, training him on an aspect about uh, being a BNI member. 
And in his early career, he picked up types of clients that are, he can't serve as well. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be referring them out as he, as he grows. So more of that, that people do. And I see more of that happen in this region. Um, I got uh, really a lot of excellent builders uh, who do very, very well. And we have a big thing here. We have a, a couple of times a year is the big home show. So one person, he's a builder in one of my chapters. He's got a big presence there, has for years. He's very, very good with people, you know, conceptually what they want to do in their home and things like that. And he, in the past, if you look, were looking for a Chapel Hill or uh, Durham or someplace where he really wasn't interested in going, he would just sort of, you know, say, well, I really can't help you there and, and let life move on. Yeah. But now what he does, he's gotten to know builders and those in BNI chapters, and he refers that business to them. Those two things, it builds a relationship with them because, you know, technology changes. If the guy in Durham learns something that I can use, he'll learn it ahead of time. He can test drive it and I can say, oh yeah, let's, let's go for that. Right. Yeah. Or vice versa. Also, they, they hire a lot, the same people, just like I talked about daycare centers. Um, yeah, this guy looks good on paper, but he's now, he's not very reliable. You, you can learn that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. But the other th- aspect is if he's keeping you busy in Durham, you're not coming to Raleigh. So he's got more business here. So, right. so collaboration works very, very well. So I really, I, some of my chapters are starting to hire together. Most small business owners do not hire until they have to, right? My best guy just let, walked off the job for whatever reason. And now I haven't hired anybody in years. I don't know where to get them. I don't know how to have time to interview them. I'm going to take anybody that's ble- uh, breathing and that's not a good thing. Right. So if I can be interviewing every single on a regular basis, every week is best, but that's a big hit. But if instead on every first Tuesday, I do my interviews, that yeah. gives me a month to line up all that kind of stuff. Let them go through my filters and till I actually work eyeball to eyeball. And if I do that once a month, that's great. Right. If you do it on the second Tuesday, somebody else does it on the third Tuesday and somebody else does it on the fourth Tuesday, you're looking for, you know, a handyman. I'm looking for landscapers. A lot of the skill set is the same. If somebody understands uh, work ethic, reliability, trustworthy, customer service, I can teach him how to handle a lawnmower. I can teach him how to handle a, a saw, right? Yeah. I just need the, I just need the skill set. So if we do that on a regular basis, I find a perfect person. If my business is good, I'll find a way to plug them in, right? Mm-hmm. I find a really, really good person. Makes more sense to send that person to you because yeah. you've got the need right now. So. So more and more we do that kind of collaborate collaboration and this area is big for that. It really is big for that. So it's a big part of the culture. So um, the, the idea of, of referrals, I, I don't know if that's a BNI term, but it's basically saying it's vouching for somebody mm-hmm. that they'll do a good mm-hmm. job. It's, it's kind of a bit of matchmaking. Yes. I hear you have this problem. I think I know somebody that can yes. solve it and they'll do a good job with you. Um, what are, what would you challenge somebody to when they ask for their referrals? I feel like sometimes I kind of, I get mad at myself if I do a poor job or this, or I see one of my, one of my fellow networkers mm-hmm. kind of lose their opportunity by not talking about who's great referrals for them, or they're looking to do business with everybody, yeah. which is also the same as looking to do business with nobody. That's right. It's, it's no goal. Not going to do it well. Uh, so how do you, what kind of advice would you give to somebody to help narrow down or to focus on who they're looking for as referrals. Sure. Sure. So uh, we started with you a little bit. So you're looking for six new customers, mm-hmm. which to, to bring them up to speed, six new clients that you can meet within the next 90 days. It'll start up right. and you can give the level of service that they deserve. So out of the entire world, we'd want to find out a couple things. So the first is, 
uh, if you meet with these clients, what is your closing ratio within that 90 days? Do you know that? So I'm at about 80%. 80%. Okay. So that six now becomes eight. I do the math to be sure it might be nine, but let's say eight for mm-hmm. this example, right? So that becomes eight. Now here's what I'd be looking for from my BNI chapter is to bring me double that 16 introductions over the next 90 days. So right. that's 16 and 13 weeks. It's about one a week. Now, if you're in a chapter with uh, six, 17 people, you plus 16 others, I just am trying to motivate each one of those people to bring me one. Sure. Now, trust me, someone's going to slim up and bring me five, but I'm just motivating to bring the the weakest link to bring me one. Mm -hmm. That will pretty much guarantee I'll hit what I need. So what I do once I've got my numbers, then I figure out what is the industry I want to work with. Right. And so if I want to work with restaurants, now I know how to motivate you and make it happen. You're right. So for me, I'm focusing on people in the trades. Perfect. So trades people. Exactly. So that would be exactly what I'd be looking for. So uh, these are people that when I need something, I want to find somebody who's good, competent, credible, reliable, available, all those type of mm-hmm. things. And that's what your website is letting people know. So uh, I'll tell you what I did. Uh, trades was my 100% closing ratio, by the way, yeah. in BNI. So uh, There's something and, I just love about trades people. Yes. I think it's because I aspire to be handy enough to be a trades person. <laughs> I just, I have a level of admiration or there you go. I'm a fan. I'm and, like, oh. and some of them are just craftsmen that are just uh, right. great work. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, so in my case, what, I had a service that really helped trades people a lot. My key was people are busy. I don't want to hear about that kind of stuff. And I understand my key was to introduce them to my realtor. In those days, my realtor did 75 luxury homes a year. So if you were a painter, do you want to meet that realtor? Yeah, I would think yeah, they would ex- like Of course, to. exactly. So, uh, so I went through everybody I knew that was a tradesperson and invited them to meet my realtor. Right. Some said yes, some said no, some said later, later. You know what I mean? No big deal. But I made sure once I brought them there... I knew they didn't know this and I didn't know this in the beginning, but it didn't take me too long to figure out they're a customer. They just don't know it yet. So because when they show up, I connect them not only to that realtor, but to 10 other people that can help them out. Yeah. I'm over delivering under promising. Uh, and then my 60 seconds in that case, we're a small chapter at 60 seconds is exactly about what's keeping you, the tradesperson, awake at night. Right. It's the first time you know what I do, which is fine. And then that can happen. And at the end, referrals and testimonials, someone's going to stand up and say, man, since I've had Steve's service, here's what's happened to me. I don't pay him for that. They do that whether there's a tradesperson in the room or not. It's just part of the process, right? Right. If I got all three of those things, it was 100% close ratio. You became a client, most cases the same day, the longest took 60 days to get on the calendar. So I just made it my business to bring painter, painter, painter. Once a painter joined, oh, I got to start bringing somebody else, handyman, handyman. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't want him to join. I just wanted him to be there. Right. Right. And once I went through my network and your network of all the tradespeople you knew, then I needed to expand my network. So here's where you would find me every Monday at either a Lowe's or Home Depot, out where the contractors come out that back door and have to load their trucks. I'd be there, no tie on, right? Some, mm-hmm. you know, and I'd say, hey, it looks like you need some help with that kind of stuff. Can I help you? And I'd help them load their trucks. How many people are helping those guys load trucks? today. Nobody, right? Right. Their employees aren't even helping them. Yeah, so you can't even find a Home Depot guy. They, they, they <laughs> avoid right. eye contact with you with their aisle. They're like, you hmm? got it. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. I got a break coming up in a few minutes. I'm not. <laughs> so yeah. So, so I'm out there helping them load the trucks. Now, if you are crabby or negative or I just load your truck and let you move on. Right. But if you are interested in growing, you're a nice personality or somebody I think would be referable to somebody. I t- tell you about my realtor. I could take the day off because you're going to be a client tomorrow. You don't even know it yet. And so that was the process. I just So your first step is I want you to meet my realtor and you yes. invite them to your B&I? Yes. Excellent. It's what's in it for them. 
Yeah. What's in it for them? And when they show up, not only is the realtor there, but there's a roofing company, there's other people going to help them as well. Mm-hmm. One sharper than the other. So that really raises my credibility quite a bit. Yeah. I have very limited visibility, no credibility, but once they show up, my credibility goes up. And then my 60 seconds, it's a little bit salesy, but now they know what I do. I've got to let them know what I do, how I can help them. Right. And then at the end, when the referrals and testimonials come in, it's a done deal. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's really smart. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today, Steve. My Steven. pleasure, I really Joe. enjoyed having you. And I know Josh is sorry he couldn't make yeah, it, yeah. but I know you'll catch up with him at some point. Absolutely. Um, Steven, is there any way that people could sign up to get on like your email list or anything that they sure. can get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. Um, my uh, blog, I do a uh, weekly blog on Sunday mornings and that is uh, WordPress BNI uh, guy. So wordpress.com slash BNI guy, BNI G-U-Y. You can also link in with me at uh, Steve Hand at LinkedIn, which is good, as well as you'll see what I've got on Facebook. Uh, but if you go to trianglebni.com and connect there as well, uh, we'll keep you up to speed with what's going on. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, and if you, fi- if you find yourself joining networking events throughout the Triangle, I bet you'll run into Steven at some yeah, point. Yeah, you probably will. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, we got about 600 members in this region, so you'll definitely run into somebody who's uh, pretty active. And what you're looking at is the movers and shakers. There's a lot of people that uh, just get in their car and go to their jobs and come home. But these are the people actually making things happen. So you get to meet them. So great. Yeah. I think that's another cool part about networking is you're actually, it's like pre-qualified leads. Mm -hmm. You're only really meeting with people that are interested in growing their business. That's right. And uh, that's a lot better than just, you know, hitting the grocery store and hoping that the next person you meet. (laughs) You might, but it's like the lottery ticket. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They would have talked to somebody. It just happened to be you. You were in the right place, right time. So yeah. Well, thanks again, Steven. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. Thanks an awful lot. Yep. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Get unstuck, tell a better story, and have a good answer to the question, what are you doing today? 